What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Здравствуйте, дорогие друзья! Hey everyone! Dostoevsky's short story, Belly and Nochi, translated into English as White Knights, was my very first introduction to Russian giant Fyodor Dostoevsky. As a university student of Russian language, I had to translate parts of it into English. At the time, I absolutely hated it, because it was simply too hard. As years went by, I fell in love with Dostoevsky's work more and more. So today I'll tell you all about this wonderful short story, which interestingly Dostoevsky wrote in 1848, a year before his hellish Siberian experience. So he was full of optimism, so to speak. But as you can see, there's a deep sadness in him. The story is incredibly deep and moving. It shows Dostoevsky's mastery of storytelling, but also how a story written 174 years ago can cut so deep into our soul dissecting how lonely we really are in this world. Literature is filled with tales of survival, romances, and heroism, but this story tells one of the most important aspects of human life, the desire for having a company, a friend, someone to spend time with, someone who listens to your story, someone who shares a moment of life with you. It's a tale of loneliness. It makes you appreciate your friend, partner, family members. It's a fantastic portrait of today's world in some way. Summary. Belianucci or White Knights refer to sunlit summer nights of St. Petersburg where we meet an unnamed young man who narrates his own story of meeting and falling in love with a lonely 17-year-old girl, Nastenka. Dostoevsky doesn't name his male characters, often perhaps because it's mostly himself or he wants to show a male archetype. Here, a man without a woman. Just in the dream of the ridiculous man, the narrator is a lonely, timid, introvert young man who lives in a tiny apartment in St. Petersburg. He's too shy to approach women, so his only company is his maid, but she is not very sociable. He likes to walk the streets of St. Petersburg at night. Dostoevsky always prefers nights over days. It's the cold, the loneliness, but most importantly, the dark allows freedom from other people's gaze. It's at night that the animal or the deep truth comes out. For our young narrator, he prefers nighttime because during the day he's more impressionable, changing himself based on how others are. But at night he can be more liberated and himself. The story starts thus. 
Quote, it was a wonderful night, such a night as is only possible when we are young, dear reader. The sky was so starry, so bright that looking at it, one could not help asking oneself whether ill-humored and capricious people could live under such a sky. As he walks, he notices a young woman crying against the canal railing. He is worried, but he is far too timid to approach her to ask what's wrong. After a few steps, he hears the woman scream. So he returns to rescue her from a man harassing her. Dostoevsky wrote it when he was in his twenties, so he had that chivalrous optimistic energy in him rescuing a damsel in distress. You could see the ending of this short story brings his cynical side as well. They start talking, the young man confesses his lonely life, introvert personality and the fear of talking to women. Nastinka is quite understanding and keeps telling him that he is fine. She even lies to him that women do like timid men. Now hearing this, the man tells her how he spends hours and days thinking and imagining meeting a girl who talks to him, who doesn't reject him and who doesn't make fun of him. It's like a floodgate is opened as he talks and talks. He appears like a desperate man, but I assume the ladies of St. Petersburg were pretty brutal in their taste for men. The man doesn't want this experience being in the presence of a young woman to end, but soon they arrive at Nostinka's doorsteps. He asks if she wants to meet again. Before she has time to say yes or no, he preempts it by telling her that he will be at the spot they met, whether she comes or not. She agrees to meet the following night under one condition, telling him, do not fall in love with me. He promises to be just friends. Well, is that possible? The second night they meet, he further elaborates his life story. Here Dostoevsky alludes to Pushkin's character Eugene, who had read so many books that he no longer sounded like a real person, but a character from some books. The young man tells Nosinka that he has no history because his whole life has been alone, also has been desperate to find someone to be with. Quote, they are, Nostinka, though you may not know it, strange nooks in St. Petersburg. It seems as though the same sun as shines for all St. Petersburg people does not peep into those spots. Let me tell you that in these corners live strange people, dreamers. The dreamer, not a human being, but a, but a creature of an intermediate sort. For the most part, he settles in some inaccessible corner as though hiding from the light of day. Once he sleeps into his corner, he grows to it like a snail, or that remarkable creature which is an animal in a house both at once, and is called tortoise. He even refers to himself in the third person as the hero of his own imagination because he is too ashamed. To escape his dull life on the outer edge of society, he daydreams. When you spend your life alone, your imagination weaves fantastic, elaborate and whimsical tales about yourself, meeting your literary heroes or having a beautiful girl next to you. He also tells her that his favorite time of the day is when everyone is rushing home after work to be with their loved ones. Something deep down he craves to have for himself someday. Once he finishes tale, Nastinka tells her own story. She grew up with her grandmother and they lived on her pension. To supplement her income, the grandma rented out a room. When her old tenant died, a young man moved in. He began to fancy Nostenga, therefore he gave her romantic novels to read and even took her to Rossini's Barber of Seville, to the point that she too fell in love with him. When it was time for him to leave St. Petersburg for Moscow, she gathered her courage to ask him to marry her. Just like in Pushkin's Eugene Onegin, the girl asks the man, reversing the traditional role. The young tenant refused marriage, saying it was too poor to take care of her. 
but he promised her that he would return to St. Petersburg and marry her after a year. But now it's been a year and the young man has not come back. There is an old saying that a man can never be truly friends with a woman. By the third night, our young narrator realized that he has fallen madly in love with Nostenka, just like millions of young men secretly wishing to sleep with their female friends. However, our hero hides his true feeling and helps her write a letter to her lover in Moscow. She's moved by this gesture and tells him that because he has not fallen in love with her, she loves him for that. Irony upon irony, he's romantically in love with her while she's platonically in love with him. On the fortnight, Nastenka tells how desperately she's waiting for her lover to return from Moscow. Our narrator comforts her, but at one point he decides enough is enough, he can no longer hold it. He confesses his love for Nastenka. She's shocked as if someone had punched her in the face. Realizing that their friendship is over, he decides to leave and never see her again. Nastenka offers a glimpse of hope, saying that she might grow to reciprocate his love someday. As they walk, they meet a young man. Who could it be? Well, it's of course, it's the man she's been waiting for. The boy from Moscow grabs the girl and they disappear into the night. Our narrator remains stunned as if he's hit by a missile. The next day at home, he receives a letter from Nastenka thanking him for keeping her company and also inviting him to her wedding the following week. He pauses for a moment and then suddenly breaks into tears. Night after night, he built so much hope and now he's back to zero. He notices his housemate, who looked young, has now suddenly become old with wrinkles. Perhaps for the first time, our lonely narrator can envisage his own old age, perhaps living a lonely life forever. The story ends with him saying that he has nothing against Nostinga, only wishes her the best. Why? Because she gave him the happiest moment of his life, despite his unrequited love. But as for his own life, he tries to be hopeful, but we know his despair may continue. Analysis. The narrator makes three big mistakes. First, when upon meeting a woman who is willing to talk to him, he uses the opportunity to complain about his life. Some people might sympathize with him, but for most people it's off-putting. And especially in Russia, where masculinity requires you to be strong. Everyone has a tough life, so people want to hear solutions, not whining and complaining. Nastinka has sympathy for him, but perhaps deep inside she doesn't respect him. Second, he confesses that he's unable to talk to women. Yet, when he meets her, he cannot stop talking, telling her all his life's problems. You could say this is Dostoevsky's own confessions on the page. Writers write fiction for catharsis, expression and release because most writers spend long hours alone. But for our narrator, his lack of confidence to talk to women is first met with sympathy and Nastinka says she prefers shy men. But we know that's not true because she rejected him when he confesses his love to her. Confidence is one of the most important qualities most women look in a man. Confidence triggers admiration, while lack of confidence triggers sympathy. His third problem was that he first agrees with Nostinga not to fall in love with her. But then he does exactly the opposite and he falls in love with her. This flip-flop shows his lack of integrity and principle. Falling in love is natural, biological, so promising not to fall in love is stupid. I think he was hoping if they spend more time, she might fall in love with him. But we know she just needed someone to console while waiting for the dude from Moscow to return. So our narrator made the mistake of investing all his eggs in her basket. Dostoevsky was an incredible psychologist who masterfully depicts the emotional turmoils of a lonely young man. 
At times, the story is a bit too sentimental, but so are young people who are unable to attract the opposite sex. Also, Dostoevsky was in his 20s when he wrote it. He hadn't gone through the ordeals of Siberia, so he still had a pretty romanticized view of the world. Some 15 years later, after returning from the cold of Siberia, Dostoevsky wrote Notes from Underground, whose narrator very much resembles the narrator in White Nights. Now, he is so disillusioned with society that he has retreated underground. He's no longer seeking company of other humans and even refuses to get treatment for his liver disease, like some injured animal waiting to die. White Knight tells the story of a lonely man. Today, millions of men go through the very same experience. Modernity has made life so much easier that most young men no longer have the courage to talk to women. This is especially true in affluent countries where birth rate is falling rapidly. The modern education system teaches people how to be better workers, but it doesn't teach them how to approach the opposite sex. As a result, a lot of men and women live lonely lives. So my suggestion to you is to go out there and talk to people. The more you talk, the higher likelihood you find someone you like. Dostoevsky's Lonely Man of St. Petersburg tried but failed. However, he took it on the chin and didn't grow resentment or hatred towards Nalsinka, or women in general. That's hopeful because I'm sure he learned from the experience and maybe who knows he found someone else. Спасибо большое. Thank you for watching. Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Coriant.com.